Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Orchard TV. Great to be with you. Glad you're with us. Appreciate you. Welcome on in here. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house. On Twitter, it's at J Cameron Show. And we roll on with the news that Mike Norvell signs that extension. Had to be happy. And now we get the news of spring practice, what it's going to look like. Yesterday, I asked him in that interview, when it would start, he told me March the 6th. We knew that. That is practice one. Tour of duty workout open to the media actually happens before that on just March the 2nd. So that's rapidly approaching. Pre-spring media luncheon where we get a chance to talk to Coach and his staff. That will take place on the 3rd. Always fun to do that as well. And then so on and so on. They will have a scrimmage uh, the week of uh, Saturday, March the 25th. Uh, That is closed to the media, although we will have access to the coaches and players afterwards. Um, Later on in March is Pro Day at the end of March. Practice continues to go on with another scrimmage to start April. And the Garnet and Gold Spring Showcase, which you already knew about, will take place on April the 15th at 4 o'clock. There is a post-spring game practice, which is really more about the team and the coaches gathering to talk about what was and what wasn't and Where we go from here. So the schedule is out, and um, key spring dates are known, and we'll build towards that. Nice to see that uh, already, March the 2nd and others, it's uh, less than a month away. Tom, we'll get excited about all this stuff and and watch a team that has intensified focus and interest uh, nationally, and I think expectations uh, all over the country is that Florida State will be a real good football team that will throw their name in the hat to win the conference and maybe be a playoff team. So there we are there. They did it again too. They take the week off for spring break. So they come in, they acclimate a little bit, they break and that will be after three practices. So they get three, they go on a week's break, which um, I don't know about you. That's okay by me. Oh, sure. Yes. I like that. 
and then they get right back at it on Tuesday the 21st. So it's spread out pretty wide. Uh, first practice being the 6th of March, then the final practice being the 17th of April. That's good stuff. I like that. Especially when, as you talked about just before the top of the hour, when the basketball product is a little rough, ugh, we look <laughs> towards these dates even more. And one of my favorite things, I know it is, you mentioned it your own as well, that little luncheon that we do before it all starts. You always get good information. Everybody is in a good mood because it's at the beginning of camp. Sometimes we've had these media days in the past and they're halfway through a camp and it just doesn't flow the same way. But I look forward to Friday, March the 3rd, when we get to talk to all the coaches and we'll get to sit down and, and learn a little bit more about Coach Sertan on, on a less formal basis, which is always nice. By the way, uh, not an easy segue, just an observation. You know how yesterday I talked about how excited I am for baseball and it feels like the dawn of a new era. We all know that for the obvious reasons. We've moved on for the first time. The program will not be uh, guided by a Martin in, in, uh, ever, like, like, like 150 years. Uh, but the but the point would be uh, another event occurred in the world of college baseball. Bruce Raban passed away yesterday. You remember Bruce Raban behind the plate? He was a fixture, uh, umpired both in major leagues and college baseball for over 40-plus years, passed away. Bruce had to have been, I don't know, I didn't look up the details, but I think Bruce had to be close to 80, if not 80 or above. Um, and, and, you know, it just hit me in this regard. The, the, the changes within Florida State baseball's community, Florida State baseball in general, have been seismic over the last four years. You can feel the weight of it. It is truly a new direction for a lot of reasons. Uh, and in some situations, there are people who have passed on, like Bruce Raban, and others that were on the periphery of the program for a variety of reasons. Others have moved on in their coaching careers. Others have been let go. Others have been reassigned. Uh, another has retired, obviously, in the form of 11. Radical change for Florida State in, in many ways. And in some other ways, maybe not so much. The traditions stay the same. Link Jarrett, after all, played here and played at a really high level and is now the skipper. But uh, it definitely feels like we're at a fork in the road with Florida State baseball, and here we are right on the cusp of it starting. I, it's just it's just a reflection point. That's all it is. It's just something for me to think about in that, I mean, Bruce Ravan was umpiring games here uh, in 1990, 91, 92, even before that. I think Bruce was here when Eric Llewellyn got here, and I think Eric got here in 86. So this guy, was he was a, an umpire frequently, and he and Mike had his their run-ins, but apparently always remained friends. Um, I was friends with an umpire uh, as well uh, that, that passed away uh, a, a couple of years ago, and he was he was a fixture in the early years when I was a student. So you just a lot, a lot of changes, a lot of changes. And, uh, again, I'm not trying to bring everybody down. This isn't a solemn moment. It's just a reality of the world. Things change. Time goes by. And you're, you become well aware of it, these, these moments in time where uh, when somebody does retire or somebody does pass on. Well, as it pertains to this baseball product and what's coming, I'm just interested to see, you know, every time that there's a coaching change and one of the sports that we hold dear, it's how do you look and how does it feel on a game day? So in this instance, how does it look and feel in the course of nine innings? I just wonder, I, you could make an argument, and, and I watched a little bit of Notre Dame baseball, obviously the Tennessee series, saw a good bit of that. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. That was during the uh, Lightning Rangers uh, playoff series, mm -hmm. so I remember watching that during the day, just trying to kill time. And also because it, we knew behind the scenes, uh, the sooner Notre Dame goes home, the better. And, and they kept and they, winning. They kept winning. <laughs> but I just wonder how he's going to manage this group, a transitional team, Link Jarrett, 
in his first season. Is he going to be wound tight? Is he going to lay back in the cut? Is he going to scream down players to make an example early on and set the tone because he wants to root out any other issues that may have made their way from last year to this? I just It's going to be very interesting to see the path that Link takes to make his stamp here. There are already physical changes in the concourse and obviously on the, on the playing surface uh, at Hauser, Mike Martinfield. But I wonder how he's going to plot his course through year one and what kind of presence he's going to bring. Well, I think he'll be wildly consistent. I think that's who he is. I don't think he's a moody dude. I think he's a locked-in dude at all times. Intense focus has a way about him and a way that he does things, and that's never going to change. It's You could describe it as boring. I'm fine with boring, by the way. I don't need you to be um, it's volatile. Baseball. Yeah, it's baseball, you can be boring. Well, and I think you need – you play so many games. I mean, Major League Baseball, play 162. You can't have wild swings of emotion – when you're on a 10-game win streak or a 10-game losing streak. And by the way, the best of the best lose series to the worst of the worst all the time in Major League Baseball. So if you had a, a, a coach that was subject to the whims of emotion like that, that wouldn't fly. These are grown-ups. We're coming to work every day, man. We've been here. you got to slow your roll with all that yelling and screaming. There's 100 more of these to play. Let's settle down. College baseball less so. You can be a little bit more urgent in the college game. If you were on a four- or five-game losing streak and you played a bad brand of baseball, you don't have 162 of these. You, you have 50 or so. So let's get it together. But even still, that's a lot of games. It's not football. It's not, you know, even it, it's 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 more than basketball even. So, you know, you got to you got to have an even keel way about you, I think to a certain degree. So, we already know, we've referenced it a lot, the hype. I don't know if you guys hit the college football page espn.com 2023 college football games to watch. I did this morning because any time a list comes out, I'm a sucker, and I'm going to click on it. Well documented. But Jordan Travis and all his glory, glory and our uniforms looking great. Uh, right there, big picture, Jordan Travis throwing a, kind of a sidearm pass. We're in the garnet and gold looking sharp. And that is what they're using to tease the games. Now, the first ones, and they had a panel of people. David Hale's on said panel. Um, friend of the program, obviously does a good job covering college football and the ACC as well. Uh, Chris Lowe highlighted his number one early in the year, and uh, Florida State LSU September the 3rd Orlando uh, was the pick, and he writes, get ready for serious hype surrounding both Florida State University and LSU heading into next season. And they open the season against one another in what should be a top 10 matchup on September the 3rd in Orlando, a Sunday night game that will get a ton of exposure. The Knowles haven't won an ACC championship since 2014. And this could be their best chance to end that drought, especially with quarterback Jordan Travis and defensive end Jared Verse, one of the country's top pass rushers, returning. LSU played in the SEC championship game in Brian Kelly's first season in Baton Rouge. The Tigers returned starting quarterback Jaden Daniels, a ton of young talent, including dynamic outside linebacker Harold Perkins Jr., who, by the way, Became sensational oh, by man. midseason. I was that, like, look at this guy. That turned into something completely different, didn't it? Yeah, he became a freak. And we'll be looking for even more in 2023. Florida State won 24-23 a year ago and an unreal finish when the Knolls blocked the extra point. Let's hope the encore is just as thrilling. Yeah, it's going to be on everybody's list. I mean, we already knew that. It's just fun to read about yourself. So there you go. Yeah, also Mason Smith should play the whole game this year. I saw that, uh, I think it was PFF put out their list of top 10 defensive tackles for the upcoming season. The way too early lists. These are graphics now. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a cottage industry for social media. And Mason Smith was not on that list. 
And so he uh, he tweeted about it, his displeasure. Wow. Remember, that was a big turning point in the game for Florida State. He would have been a factor for all four quarters. Yeah. They lost him very, very early in the game. So up the middle, you've got Mason Smith and Perkins to worry about. And you're right, Perkins turned into a completely different oh, monster. Oh, man. But to watch how that develops against our running game, Perkins play, what Mason Smith can do to create the lanes. But then also, you're factoring in the new H-back that we have, the improved tight end play. More than one new H-back. Can you isolate him against a Jaheim Bell? Who wins that battle? Let's go. Let's, Let's find go. out. How about that? Harold Perkins versus Jaheim Bell in a head-to-head -head coverage matchup. Who wins? And how often do they win? Later in said article, they identified the up-and-coming teams, breakout seasons, and the like. And Van Haren wrote, Florida State did finish the season at 10-3, and so I don't know if the Knowles really qualify for this award. But even with a 10-win season, it seems like FSU didn't get a ton of a national attention or recognition. The three losses came in a row against Wake, NC State, and Clemson. All were ranked teams. The Knowles are getting defensive inverse back in 2023, returning quarterback Travis and the staff as one of the best transfer portal classes this offseason. Mike Norvell brought in Virginia corner Fentrell Cypress, Western Michigan defensive lineman Brandon Fisk, Miami defensive lineman Daryl Jackson Jr., tight ends Jaheim Bell and Kyle Morlock, as well as a few really good offensive linemen to boot. Those additions should help Florida State push for an even better season than the 2022 campaign. Yeah, yeah, that's correct, Van Heron, whoever you are. That is right. I think it's Tom Van Heron. Van Heron's on it. <laughs> I'd like to be able to say that, by the way. Who's doing the thing? Oh, Van Heron's got it. Just kind of fun to say. Whatever the thing is. Looking at the Heisman odds uh, this week, just because I want to see where Jordan was. Do you know where he is in the Heisman odds? Take a guess. Oh, I, no, I haven't even looked. You were looking already. Okay. Third. He's third. Tied with a couple other players, but it's Caleb Williams is the prohibitive favorite right now, and that. Shouldn't shock anybody. Mm. May, number two. So it's four to one for Caleb Williams, seven to one for Drake May, and then Jordan's at 12 to one. Third best odds in the country. Wow. Well, we, again, I think he's equipped to handle it, thankfully. Yep. Well, it's a lot of it is about perception. We all know that. But that you start out against an LSU. Now people know who the hell you are before that game starts. People are gonna they're gonna discover him. It's gonna be funny. If he if he plays in this next season opener, the way he did in the previous season opener, you're going to watch national television personalities go, oh, this Jordan Travis, unbelievable dynamic player, and you're just going to chuckle to yourself because we already have a season's worth of evidence that, yeah, duh, Golly, he just, is. Just throw the highlight reel from the Florida game on over and over and over again. It's it's insanity. They will in August on yeah, ESPN. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun to watch. Good for that young man. Good for him. Keep climbing, kid. I'd love to see him prove us all wrong again. Make yourself an NFL-caliber quarterback. Get yourself drafted in the first three rounds. I mean, I'm telling you, that would be a stunner. Body type, where he was, all of a sudden that kid's getting drafted late first, early second. I mean, that would be a stunning turn of events. Body type, yes, but now with this new information and injury history a little bit too. Yeah, injury history and body type, it would really be something. But. So now it's about anticipatory throws. And getting a little bit better about not fumbling the football if somebody gets uh, to your blind side. Just, you know, that, the old that, Christian Ponder Award. It's, uh, that's tough to develop. 
that sixth sense is very tough to develop, but you know what? He's developed some things that he, you don't normally see. No, he has been an outlier, and that's been the thing to document. A lot of people, a lot of people in the world of college football that I've talked to, coaches and the like, saying, yep, yeah, you don't see it. Doesn't really happen. He's an outlier. Most kids, either you can throw or you can't throw. Either you have that ability or you don't. It's very rarely that you make a a, a, a radical shift in abilities within the position to that end. You can learn how to read a defense quicker and better. You can pre-snap this thing all day long and make yourself a serviceable quarterback. Very few take the step he did physically. But you can see why he would be beyond the fact that he's a dual threat and he factors into everything. Even if his stats aren't great in the game, the impact he has on what a defense does is well, It is opens immense. up our run game tremendously as well. But I think play us honest. what also favors Jordan's odds are that you get two national primetime games in the first four weeks of the season. The Clemson game helps his Heisman stock. If you're just talking about making a wager on on a future, you get two games that you know, short of us losing to Boston College or something, that's going to be prime time. It probably is going to be game day, just like the first week against LSU. And if you show out in both of those games, now you're leading the conversation for the whole season, and we're able to see Florida State highlights on all the national shows in a way that we haven't in a long time. One final note here for those that missed the first hour, and we certainly had a lengthy discussion about it, but I realize the audience is, in theory, changing every 15 minutes. Florida State did extend Mike Norvell. That's the big story of the day. He'll earn an average of $8.05 million per year with the new agreement. Base salary does, on the surface, look uh, like a huge raise, and it is. You have to remember there were some conditions for which that salary was lowered previous, but the base salary will increase to $5.335 million in 2023, $7.335 million in 2024. He'll earn the $8.585 million in the final year of the deal. Norvell will receive $250,000 annual retention bonus if employed uh, on December 31st of each year. If he leaves FSU for another job, he would owe the school $6 million, so that's what everybody wants to know. In 2023, $4 million in 2024. His buyout then decreases by a $1 million per year. It's neither a penal deal for him or the university. It is fairly standard. This is sort of what his agent, who is everybody's agent, seems to have worked out these days. Yeah, he sets the standard. I talked to Ira today. He sets the standard, and then he beats it every year. Yeah. So this is where we are, but that buyout may as well be 50 cents. That's the yeah. problem here. Yeah. yeah, To a desperate university who has a ton of resources, this is nothing. That buyout yeah, if they is wanted absolutely him, if nothing. They, yeah, and, and there are so many factors there where you get into, like, is the university protected the way they would like to be if somebody aggressively pursues Mike Norvell? I don't know that Florida State is ever going to be in a good position there because there are schools that have unlimited funds. If Texas A&M decided Jimbo sucks and there is plenty of evidence that he does, hey, let's just do it again. Let's go grab Mike Norvell. I like him. Let's pay him $13 million a year. Well, he's going to probably take that job because who the hell's turning down $13 million a year or $15 million a year because money doesn't mean anything to those people? Then all of a sudden you're screwed. But that's just always the way it's going to be. Now, I would argue this. The factors that led Jimbo to go to Texas A&M actually had less to do with money than people realize. Had a lot more to do with the anger and the fractured relationships and the broken family and everything else that was his life here in Tallahassee. The money was an ego thing, and they offered a ton of it, so it added to it. It was the cherry on top. Why do I bring that up? Why do I want to relitigate that? I don't. I'm saying it's a unique set of circumstances. I think Mike is committed here at Florida State. I think he likes it here, first of all. 
He has built this puppy. He has worked really hard. He has what he needs. They're going to build the football-only facility. He's got a really proper uh, collective that is working hard with him or will be working with him is within the limits that you can. Obviously, soon enough, we think that they're going to be able to endorse. They already do endorse certain collectives. They so, do. Yeah. It, it, the walls will come down even more if the legislature next week does what we think they're going to do. So yeah. you have that situation, which is in his favor. So you have proven already. You have proof of concept. Like, the battle's in. Retain the roster in the way that you wanted to so that you could win football games. I think things, that situation doesn't get worse. I think they're going to be in good shape there. And then I think, you know, certainly they have shown the willingness to come to the table and pay his assistance. Atkins got a huge bump, and I don't think they'd be averse to give him another one if the time is right. So I think that at $8 million, if you do the right thing by him and you pay him after his successes and you show that you care and you're one of the top 15 Power 5 coaches salary-wise now in, in the position that you just signed, okay, well, yeah, maybe somebody would offer you $10 million a year. I don't think he would take it necessarily. I don't think it would be him going, oh, I want the extra $2 million. I don't think it's about that. Now, could there be a number? Everybody's got a number. Everybody's got a number. I mean, it, yeah, if I'm making $8 million or a little average over just $8 million a year and somebody offers me $25 million, I'm probably going to take that job. I mean, probably. Not necessarily, but probably. Um, 8 to 25, you're going to take that. Yeah, unless it's in El Paso or something. But, yeah, yeah, in all likelihood, I'm taking that job. You would work at the Chamber of Commerce of El Paso if it paid $25 I would million a year. stole the virtues of living in beautiful but El Paso. That's, Wouldn't that be something? I'd call people. They'd be like, Jeff, the talk show host from Tallahassee, you're telling me to move to El Paso? Oh, it's beautiful here. I had it all wrong, Bob. Well, they gave me a 313% raise. I had it yeah. all wrong, Bob. This place, it's like heaven. I wish you could see my office right now, Bob. Yeah, no, it would be, uh, you're right. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. But, yeah, you see what I'm saying, $8 million, $10 million, eh. I think Mike's here for more than just the money. The money helps. But I think, I think obviously, he's invested an awful lot. Well, he's also liked. You know, that's the other thing, too. That these are such apples and oranges situations for the head coach, the athletic director, because it's all new leadership. It's you know, it feels like these are all interconnected, and they are to a degree, because if the Jimbo and, and Willie Dominoes don't fall, Mike never gets here. So that that's all part and parcel to his legacy. What he had to fix was from two head coaches who failed, not one head coach who failed. Right. But you've got a new athletic director. You've got a structure in the boosters organization where the purse strings are now controlled yes. by the university. Yeah, you modernized the behind the scenes. Yeah. You've got a new chairman of the board. You've got the collective There's only game. one, damn it. Well... Yeah. Frank Sinatra died years ago. You shut your mouth. Uh, at Florida State University. There we go. <laughs> Put that in the fine print. So you've got all of these new people, these new power brokers, and a new structure of college football in general. This is a completely different situation. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been told no yet in the grand scheme of things. When has he been told no? At no point so far. Yeah, I don't know that he's asked for much either. So um, I don't know what that would be. Uh, you know, like... I. He's been told, yes, raises for your employees that you value. He's been told that, you know, we're moving forward with the stuff off the field. So, yeah, he's going to be really happy right now. Again, things have come up roses. Thanks to a 10-win season, the aftermath of a 10-win season. Been uh, the land of milk and honey ever since, buddy. My goodness gracious. Jeff Cambridge, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. 
I take athletic greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's athletic greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I can sense your nervousness. <laughs> you could have cranked that. It didn't have the uh, explicit yeah. tag on it. No. Now, we were burned once upon a time by Spotify not marking with the E tag, a song that most certainly did. But that was eons ago, not here. Yeah, we've had a few. I remember one time we just conveniently kept talking uh, as somebody threw down in mid-song for the bumper at the old place of employment with an F-bomb. We're like, we're just, just going to keep talking. That didn't happen. Although I heard it clear as day. <laughs> I remember a caller on a Friday show. This is way, way back. Probably 09. Uh, you were at AJ's. And so we had to patch through the calls through the tie line yeah. and all that oh, stuff. Oh, the tie that? line. The good old tie line, buddy. Yeah. And he had to ask Millar back in the studio in the 20 VTI who it was. And the guy just threw down on a call. I think it was about NC State. He just threw down with an F-bomb. You're like, whoa, whoa man. Yeah. He called back to apologize. You know, I, again, I, it's it's kind of a minor miracle given that you and I have conversations every day on and off the air, and certainly you know that uh, within my vocabulary is the ability to be creative with uh, certain types of vulgarities. I think you've exhausted the limits of creativity. I think it's all derivative now, but yes. But the ability to, to do so effectively and to mix and match, it's fun. Uh, that said, 
like a slot machine. It is rare. It, so I get asked about it a lot, that how is it you don't on the air beyond just some of the fringe words? And I don't know. It's a switch. You're able to turn on and turn off, and eventually you develop it. But there was a time doing the morning show in which I, I'll never forget I tried to answer Brett's question, and it was an absurd question, and it was early, early in my career, and I, I don't know that the, the switch had been finally tuned yet. And I uh, casually, as if we were just at the bar, went, how the blank should I know that, Brett? And Millar was not paying attention. It was early in the morning, mind you. And I don't know what he was doing. He was looking at something on the computer, and we, had, we were on a seven-second delay. And as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I mean, it was – and I went – and Brett was – who Brett on the other end was in shock, didn't say a word, just kind of like, uh. And then I hung up on him, and I started beating the soundproof glass next to me to get to Millar to hit the dump button, but he didn't get it there in time. He didn't get there in time. Oh, no. So it went out clear as day. And whoever was up in the 6 o'clock hour driving on their way to work got to hear that. And so the phone lines lit up. I'm sure they did. And there were some angry people because there were some transporting children. And they were upset about it. And, you know, people like to get angry. They like to be mad. They like to appear to be offended. People love to say they're offended. So, you know, all that. I shouldn't have done it. But anyhow, there was a there was a backlash. Now the the good news is, we conveniently erased that segment from what was recorded. Oh no, man! Is there a statute on this that just expired? And my boss, at the time, the late great Lee Bowen, has passed away. Rest in peace, Lee Bowen. Uh, called me into his office later that afternoon. I'd, I'd left the show and gone home to my apartment and uh, I came back in. I used to come back in to do production work and uh, he asked me to come into his office and sat across from me and I did something you'd be very proud of. He said, uh, Jeff, did did you say the, the F word today on the air? I went, no, Lee, I did not. Oh, I would be proud of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I looked at him right in the face and I said, no, sir. No, I did not. Well, we had several calls, several people called, and I've got some emails here saying they heard it in the 6 o'clock hour, clearest day. No, it must have been something that sounded similar. That is incorrect. Didn't happen. Okay. Well, I guess uh, I guess that's true. And I said, I guess so. And he's like, well, I'm going to try to check. I'll, yes, I knew we had erased it, so Malara was like, oh, we, we lost that whole first hour. But I don't. I don't think he did it. Anyhow, that's how that happened. You went. You Thornton meloned it. I did. Thornton, I'm going to ask you this only one time: <laughs> Is the work you turned in your own? Can't lie to you, Dean Martin. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, I'm satisfied. You gave uh, Bowen plausible deniability. There you go. I think that Bowen wanted me to lie to him. I, I sensed it. He was giving me the look like, you don't have to tell me the truth here. You don't have to just say no. It was a lot easier back then probably to get away with that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, That was over 20 years ago, which is hard to imagine. Yeah, I'll never forget that. I could hear it almost in slow motion. That's a toughie, too, for uh, for old Millar. 
because you can't let that one slip through the goaltending equipment there. You got seven seconds. I'm beating on the window. My man, hit the dump button. Hit the, oh, what? It's counting down. Oh, man. You're going to rekindle some nightmares for me. <laughs> I was the worst one. I've been the worst one since we've yeah, worked you together. Had a, I've well, had two. Yeah, I've had, had two. two. Yeah. One was about Barry Bonds uh, talking junk on a bus. Mm. And then I forget the other one, but I couldn't believe when I did it. Oh, whoops. You know what I loved? And Kevin Rogers, who does radio in South Florida, was once my intern and was producing for me one time. And this guy infuriated me. And he was waiting. He was on the phone there. And we, we, had, we had to, it was something we had commercial break. And I was going to come back and answer him during the break. And it was a, it was a worthy discussion. And we went back to talk, and he said something absolutely insane. It was ludicrous. And I, all I did was look to Kevin while we're live on the air, and I go, get ready to, I just mouth, get ready to dump this, because I know what I'm going to say. And then it, I used like three seconds to tell this guy, blankety, blank, 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 and hung up on him. And Kevin's cracking up. He's, <laughs> and he knew to dump it. So I got to say, the guy on the other end was like, oh, my God, this guy's cussing me out on the radio. I'm just glad that you didn't pull that stunt at the old place of employment, the most recent one, because sometimes that dump button would get stuck and it would just be silence on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Director Matthew remembers that problem. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know, we never really had. Yeah. And then and then over time, I just got to where it doesn't happen. It really doesn't. You you will attest to that. It, I don't, no, it's remarkable. Yeah, I, I don't. It, just... I, it is truly remarkable. It is an accomplishment because 30 seconds after this show is off the air. Right back into it. Whatever it might be. Right? Whatever that could be. Whatever that could be. Time to solve for the future with my friends at <laughs> ISF. Also, a remarkable relationship. They will collaborate with you and your hardworking staff. Your constituents depend on you. They know that. They want to promote your brilliant ideas, work with you, not just tell you what to do. They're going to improve the processes, streamline the workflows, introduce new technologies. You get this. Most importantly, reduce costly inefficiencies and get this thing done. Get those obstacles out of the way. Innovate with your vision, their collaboration. You as a client, state government, rely on them, and they know that, and they will help you achieve your technology objectives. It's our friends at ISF. We solve for the future with them every Thursday, and we'll do so now. I don't know necessarily the direction I want to go with this solving for the future. I did like the fact that during the season, it was easy to collaborate with the folks in the chat and ask them about certain aspects of the team that needed to be improved or areas that we were excited about or whatever it might be. You and I were actually talking during the break, just in a casual conversation about who's going to be the best defensive player on this football team next year. And I don't know that that solves for the future. It certainly solves uh, situationally uh, what you're trying to, to accomplish if you get a Jared Verse back. And he would be the easy answer, right? Don't you think Jared Verse would be the easy answer, a healthy version of him? Yeah, I mean, but okay. Let's just say that he is unequivocally your best defensive player because he's the one that can get you off the field. And then also he's physical enough to play all three downs. Beyond him? Because Fabian Lovett would be at the top of the list last year, but now there's a heavy rotation at defensive tackle. And maybe Fentral Cypress is the difference we need a defensive back. If that dude is good, it changes everything because it moves all these other bodies around. Renardo Green is now a luxury at corner, but maybe he helps you at safety. Azaria Thomas now is not... He's got another veteran he can lean on for development purposes at the corner position. 
Like Cyprus could be extremely important and one of your best players by the time this thing is all said and done. Because when a guy comes in, when you don't have much of a position, you notice him a lot more. See the receiver room this year. Wow, that felt different, didn't it? Well, if you get somebody yeah. like that is playing like the level that Omarion Cooper was as a freshman in Central Cyprus, I mean, you add that plus the defensive front that we have, that's a one-two combination where turnovers start to happen, and that's how you win games easier. I'm projecting what I want to happen, I think. I just really do admire the kid's skill and the fluidity with which he played early and the way he adapted early, and then it caught up to him. You know, he wasn't able to to make the transition completely. He played more later in the year, but we saw a drop-off once camp, the rigors of camp hit him. But I continue to say Azaria Thomas has a lot of what-for in him to go along with great athleticism. It's hard for a corner to be the most dominant defender. You know, what happens is they just start throwing away from you and you never really get seen, although that I would count that as a form of dominance. I, I just love that kid. I, I really hope he is the great benefactor of Patrick Sertan's hire and that he comes in and has that clay to work with and can mold that kid's ability sooner rather than later because that kid's got a whole bunch of talent and he's long. Yeah, it's the range. So, you know, you could be... 10% less instinctive than the next guy, but because of the range, it doesn't matter. You're going to cover that ground You're just because of the throwing window is smaller. The thing I saw towards the end of the year, and this was across the board, I know that largely speaking, we had this discussion a lot, but there were moments where zone coverage worked towards the end of the year. And you know, one of the guys that was good at it was Azaria, showed signs of how to play within that structure. We talked about it the year prior, two seasons ago, where Kalen Deloach had come a long way and he said, wow, look at this. The interception he made on the road at Florida. Yeah, yeah. You don't make that play unless you understand the nature of what you need to do in a zone. And that's where the instinct takes over. You're not thinking anymore. You're just playing. Zarya made a play or two like that against Oklahoma in the bowl game where I thought, oh, oh, okay. So there's versatility to what you can do. It's not just about the range that you provide, but you're also processing the information and playing within it. So, yes, to your point, with Sertan, can he go to that next level? Because that, that that athleticism is not something that you can just make happen for a lot of these other guys that we have on the team. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It's a good point. I I love that we have candidates. You know, now and they're not manufactured. You know, it's uh, in the past we would have found a way to make this a talking point and make it as interesting as possible. I mean, it's a show, and we are attempting to entertain. But I like not having to reach too far to talk about this player, that player, or this player, because there are options now, and that's huge. I mean, Florida State didn't have a lot of them in the past. And what if Fisk translates? You know, at that point, he he was laughing with his newcomer interview because he's like, I look across the board, and they're going to have to double somebody, and I don't know who that's going to be. So if he's the guy they have to double, then everybody else becomes all the more productive up front. There's a lot of ways it could go for production-wise for the defensive line this year. And then also at the next level, I mean, Tatum Bethune hurt himself. Was it the Louisville game? Yeah, and he, he wasn't shoulder? quite right. For yeah, what can he be if he's not? Well, and he's trying a, to avoid one wing. Yeah, and he's productive as all get out, just because of instincts and an understanding of the game and he's the flow. You're right. If he's got the whole physical what for to him, then he charges a little bit more downhill, a little bit faster, and is able to make more plays because he's got that vision and the instinct and understanding of what offenses are trying to do to him. And also it's all part and parcel because of the rotation of the defensive interior. If it is in fact better across oh, yeah. the board, then Guys he's going to be like a bat out of hell, man. Yeah. Well, you're going to say, where's this improvement come from? He's the same guy. It's just that, he's you know, clean, he's clean. Yeah. 
Don't overlook Patrick Payton. The guy was really good last year, and as the year went on, got better, and he had no weight on him. I mean, that this is the offseason of the Bama table for Patrick Payton. Get after it, young man. All of the supplements you need to achieve maximum strength and density. Let's go. They've listed the weights for spring already. They did that a few weeks back. Let me see if uh, if there, I don't remember remarking that Patrick Payton's weight had gone up. A lot of time between amount. now and that first game, Patrick. It's amazing if you eat right and lift hard how much weight you can gain. Let's see where he gets. He's wearing number 11 this year. So just for folks, as we get into spring, 248 is what they list him at now. Okay. Six foot five, 248. If that's legit. Dude, if he gets to 260 with that with that first step, the quickness there, and develops, continues to develop in terms of moves. Even 248 is notable. Yeah. Yeah. I, he was playing around the low 230s. I, think. I thought he was like 220. He yeah. looked small yeah. to me last year. I mean, for the position, of course. It's all relative. Thanks to our friends at ISF. Love working with them and collaborating with them, and I would strongly suggest you do too. What, what are you doing there? What's going on? Pointing to the graphic. Oh, sorry. I was like, oh, is he dancing over there? What the hell's going on with Tom? If this were just a radio program, that would be strange. But for the video purposes, it makes sense. Partner with ISF in the way that they have partnered with our friends and clients over the years to ensure they adapt to changes in order to better serve their constituents and fulfill their visions. You want to do that, you do it with ISF. Come back, wrap it up. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com Soon this will be, as I said, uh, Probibles. Get excited about that, buddy. I bought tickets. I told you, I bought tickets for uh, Pirates Yankees or Pirates Braves. I tried to buy tickets for Pirates Yankees down in Bradenton. And for a spring training game, Tom, because it's the freaking Yankees and you have all the snowbirds down there wanting to see the Yankees. It was free. It was like two hundred bucks a ticket. What for a spring training game? I'm like, get that for out. spring training. They don't want to see Aaron Judge. They're all falling all over themselves to celebrate Aaron. It's Judge. too late. Last year was the year. Mm-hmm. So there it is. There's that. Pinch a penny. Let's do this thing. Let's uh, let's have let's have some bubbles. It's time for Top Talk, brought to you by Pinch-A-Penny Pools and Spas. Buy yourself the hot tub you've always wanted at the price you've always wanted from Pinch-A-Penny on Greer Street. Now, it's live to the top. 
We get Major League Baseball in the form of the Yankees versus the Phillies this month. It's a real game. It's going to happen. Red Sox Braves this month. month. Rays Twins this month. Well, yeah, spring training games. Phillies Tigers this month. Yes, of course. They are Major League. When's your World Baseball Classic? Have you gotten tickets for that yet? I haven't, but I'll go for sure because you know I love it. I believe the rosters are revealed tonight. Is that right? See, I knew it. Well, buddy, that makes my day. It, Tuesday, March the seventh, through the March through March twenty first. Let's go, World hey. Baseball Classic. Let's go. There you go. FSU takes that break the week of the thirteenth. You could go travel the whole world of baseball. Well, here's the thing. So obviously, I I need to go down to South Florida. If I'm going to catch, because these are in different places. Like, I would love to see Cuba versus uh, the place of my birth, the Netherlands. That oh. is on March the 8th at 12. It's a very special game to you. It is. It means the world to me. Uh, but I would also love to see, like, I mean, you know how good a game Cuba versus Panama would be? And I'd love to be at something like that. The talent level is through the roof. The passion. The fans are great. If I were you, I would go down... The weekend of the tournament, so the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, which we won't be participating in, uh, save for one magical week. And what yeah. a magical week it yeah, would yeah, be yeah, now! Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all caps magical. Uh, the seventeenth and eighteenth—that's a Friday and a Saturday. The quarterfinals played at Lone Depot Park in Miami, which I love that name. Me too. And uh, so the so seventeenth and eighteenth. Oh, yeah. buddy! Otherwise, the U.S. is playing out in Arizona this whole time. So if they're going to make it to the knockout rounds, it would be that weekend. I don't even need to see the damn U.S. That's fine. I'm root for. I'm oh my! Obvious. Oh, sir! <laughs> Give me your passport right now. <laughs> I just want to see high levels of great baseball. I'm rooting for the U.S. to win the whole thing. Of course, I don't have to see them. I could watch uh, Cuba and Panama. I could watch Panama and the Netherlands. I could watch Panama and Chinese Taipei. I could watch. Listen to this. Netherlands and Italy, buddy. I'm in. Rather watch the Chinese than the Americans play baseball. <laughs> I want to see a good Listen game. <laughs> to you. Oh, I want to see. Uh, who knows? I could watch. Uh, let's see. Well, I got. I you know again, you got to look at the venues. I'm not going out to Chase Field in Phoenix, so I'm going to miss the big Great Britain USA baseball matchup. Uh, but Lone Depot, we do get Nicaragua Puerto Rico. Awesome. Just a simply great game. Will it be? Yeah. Yeah. Do they run rule in the World Baseball Classic? Because I'm going to guess that Puerto Rico will run rule Nicaragua. Nicaragua will compete, man. You don't know what you, what's wrong with you. Oh, okay. Nicaragua Sorry. Could be out there competing. Forgive me. I, I All forgot. Right. All right. How about this? Dominican Republic versus Venezuela will be good. That could be good. That'll be really good. Yeah. Venezuela, Puerto Rico. Now we got a war on All right, hands. Yeah, Here we yeah. go. The Dominican should win that matchup with Venezuela going away. But yeah, just, Puerto Rico, Venezuela. You got just to... disrespecting Nicaragua's efforts. Yeah. We may have a wager on that one, sir. I wonder if they play a last place game between uh, and the three candidates will be Chinese Taipei, Netherlands, and Nicaragua. No, Get the hell off the Netherlands. They have competed at a high level no, in this may, thing. Maybe Italy, too. There well, you go. Italy will suck, and so will Israel. Great Great Britain. Great Britain's going to have a problem. Not enough depth. <laughs> Montgomery Montford to the plate. 
Uh, so you're saying you're not pumped about the Nicaragua Israel matchup? No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> that's, like that's like you I'm could, sure you'd rather watch them in the U.S. Though. You could uh, check a game as equal caliber at Meridian Park. <laughs> Hot tubs, they're everywhere at Pitch and Penny right there off of Greer Street. You can get uh, giant family-sized hot tubs. You can get a little two-person hot tub, hey, now. And then uh, and everything in between. So go make it happen. There you go. Lone Depot Park in Miami. I'm going to go down there. Pool D. Pool D. Pool C is where the USA is in uh, at Chase Field in Phoenix. Well, I want to live in Pool SPA. That's why I go to Pinch Penny. Mm. Thanks to our friends at Pitch Penny. You could go to Tokyo. I've always wanted to go to Tokyo, and you could watch Japan take on Australia. That would be cool. It would be cool. By the way, I didn't know this, though. In, like, early March, you get these matchups. So uh, the Dominican Republic is taking on the Atlanta Braves. Oh, cool. Yeah, Nicaragua is taking on the Mets. Well. Port St. Lucie. A little pressure on the Mets now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Nicaragua. I'll be cheering for you on that day. Good work out of you, Tom and Matthew. Be well, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Alive Asians Friday.